Welcome to First Baptist Belton. By God's grace, we aim to be a gospel-centered people that know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the following message. Well, church, I don't know about you, um, but that was, that was phenomenal this morning. And if that doesn't make you dance in a hurricane, I don't know what will. I appreciate the choir and the orchestra and Gary um, and their leadership of us as we worship the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That'll be the primary spot that we're at for most of our time this morning. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you that we began a series two weeks ago called For the Church. And this series is is specifically things that are within the Scriptures that, that, that the Holy Spirit of God inspired to be in His Holy Word. And they're words for us. They're words for the church. And, and over the next few weeks, and including the last two, we've, we've been focusing within these four walls, looking at our church. And there's a lot of things for us to consider. You're aware of those. We're in the, in the process of searching for a pastor. Gary, our music minister, will be retiring soon, and next Sunday will be his final Sunday with us. And we'll be in that process at some point once a pastor's here. The spiritual vision of our church is going to be presented to you today. There's so many different things happening in the life of this church, and I felt that it was important for us to really just take a moment to just look within our four walls for us to focus on us for a little bit and look within God's Word and see what it is He has for us to help us be healthy. Because here's the truth of the matter. If we're healthy in here, the impact that we'll have out there will be even greater. And God has given us instruction for the church. And it's important for us to know what those are. So two weeks ago, I began the series by talking for the church, shepherding the people of God. We looked at specifically the instruction within Scripture about elders, pastors, those that shepherd you. Those are very important instructions for us, and it's important for us as shepherds to know what that says, but it's also important for you as a church to know what's required and expected of your shepherds. Last week, we looked at deacons, people that are within our church, men within our church that are called to serve this body. And the impact that they have is great, and they're a gift to the church. They make us healthy and stronger because they allow the love of Christ to be displayed both in word and deed. And so that's what we looked at the last two weeks. And today what I want to talk about is for the church being the people of God. Being the people of God. And this is for all of us. So the last few weeks, you might be sitting there going, well, you know, I'm not an elder or a pastor and I'm not a deacon. And so really, I don't really know how that really fits for me, although it does because you're a part of this family. But today is really for all of us. If you're a covenant member of First Baptist Belton, this is for you today. And I, and I, I know you've read this passage of scripture many times, more than likely, but Paul does a great job of giving us instruction for the church being the family of God. 
I want to draw your attention to your copy of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the, of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, look at this, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on the other parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be, look at this, here's why he put the body together the way he did that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Friends, First Baptist Belton is 168 years old. Our heritage is one of great courage, love, service, witness, both in Belton and around the world. God has been faithful to this body. And exciting days are ahead of us as we continue to know, serve, and share Jesus together. You'll hear more about this later in the sermon, but our elders and our spiritual vision team have been praying and working on our next spiritual vision plan, which will guide us over the next five years. You'll hear about that in just a moment. But church, as we celebrate God's goodness, we we remember our heritage and we enthusiastically join in on what God has for us as a body in the future. Here's the truth. We must work as a body together and constantly arm ourselves for battle to be the family of God. And that's what I want to talk about briefly this morning. And here's what I want to ask you. This is a very simple message. This is a message, honestly, that anyone in this room could probably preach because it's right there in the text. But here's what I ask you this morning. If God has something with your name on it this morning, I would ask you to write it down and chew on it and see what the Lord might have you do with it. I want to focus on two words that our text emphasize 
this morning. Two words. I'm not going to walk through the whole text, but two words really jump out as you read this passage of Scripture. The two words that we're going to look at this morning are unity, and the second word is diversity. Unity and diversity. Unity and diversity is actually one of our core values as a church. We believe that God created all people equal in value and dignity, and yet they're distinctly unique, different. But together as the body, we embrace those differences, and we seek to love and care and serve one another, our neighbors, our community, and our world. So I want to dive into our text and focus our attention on those two words, unity and diversity, and what they have for us and mean for us this morning. I want you to look in your copy of Scripture, chapter 12, that we just read. You notice the metaphor that, that Paul uses in our text. He's saying that the church, its people, you and me, we are like a physical human body. The church, its people, are like a human physical body. We are a fellowship of one body, the body of Christ. Now, this unique metaphor is going to form the basis of what Paul will talk about to the church in Corinth right here in chapter 12. It'll form what we are focusing on this morning. I want us to notice a few things about the body from our text. I want us to see unity and diversity. One of the major factors, one of the major factors that cripples the church today. There's a lot. But one of the major factors that cripples the church today is because its people are not functioning as a body. So let's look at unity and see what the Scripture teaches us. The first word is unity. The first and dominant character of a body is its unity. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So here, Paul takes the physical body, and he says, you must know that the physical body must be one. I mean, think of your physical body. It all works together, all of its parts My physical body does not have the luxury of one part of my physical body doesn't have the luxury to go, you know what, I'm not going to participate today. I'm just going to take the day off. No part of my body has has the capacity to just go, you know what, I don't like the rest of that body. Forget it. No, it, it doesn't do that. The body works together. If you think about it, you cannot take a physical body and put an arm over here, a foot over here, the head over there, and the legs over there. No, the body has to be put together. It's unifying. You cannot say of those disconnected members, hey, you know what, pull yourself together and get your act together and let's work. No, they have to be together, unified. They're a body. A body is a unit or it does not exist. And Paul is saying the body is one and it has many functioning members. We, you, me, we're the body of Christ. We should be unified together. The essence of a body is unity. 
we are one. And so also is Christ. So friends, we are a body. We're together in this. We're not enemies. We're, we're together. We're a body. Christ is the head and we are the body. All the members. We are one. And if we detach, we're dead. We either function as a unit or we do not function at all. We are one and Christ is the head of the body. A few passages of Scripture. Ephesians 5, 23. Christ is the head of the church. Colossians 1, 18. And He is the head of the body, the church, meaning Christ. So Jesus Christ is the head and He alone is the head. None of us are the head of the church. None of us. Christ is the head. We are one body receiving all our resources, all our strength, all our wisdom, all our instruction from Jesus Christ, our head. Now look at verse 13. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So here's how you get into the body. Here's how the body begins, the unity of the body. Verse 13, for by one Spirit. I want you to notice within that text how many times the word one is used. If you look back in verse 12, the word one is used twice. In verse 13, you can see that it's used numerous times. So here's, here's the point. If you look at how many times Paul is emphasizing the body as one, He's emphasizing to the church in Corinth and to us, for the church, he's emphasizing unity. We are one. If you think about it, every single person that is in Christ in this room, salvation is the initial point of our unity. We all came by one spirit into the body. We all came through the one way. And what's that? Through Jesus Christ. We are one in the body because we were all baptized by one spirit into the body. And now we have this one same spirit dwelling within us. One. This is what the text is telling us. And from the moment you received Jesus Christ, you were a part of that one body. And you were put there by that one same spirit. Not only were you put there, But verse 13 says that you also have that same indwelling spirit. He's emphasizing our unity. We came into the body the same way through Jesus Christ. And upon salvation in Jesus Christ, we're also given the same spirit. You and I. This is the whole point. He's stressing our unity. We put faith in Jesus Christ alone. We're born of the Spirit. And by the one Spirit, we're placed into the body of Christ. And that's the point of our unity. We have one Spirit. He's the same in me as He is in you. And therefore, our unity is in the Spirit. You came by one Spirit into the body just like everybody else did. In other words, no one in this church, in this body, or in any body, any church, can no one can stand up and say, you know what, I came to Christ this way, and I'm here, and all of you are down there. No, that can't happen. We all came in the same way. And it's by grace, not works, so that no man 
can boast. Brothers and sisters, we're all trophies of grace with nothing to glory in or boast in except the cross of Christ. There's no hierarchy in the New Testament. There are varying gifts, but there's no hierarchy. One way to look at it, one commentator said this, if you want an organizational chart of Christianity, for all you organizational chart people, it's got Christ as the head, and from then on it's just one big circle. That's all. There's nothing filtering down. We all came into the body the same way. And we all have the same spirit within us. I want to I continue on this track for just a moment to emphasize it even more. I w- it's important to note that every single metaphor of the church, its people within Scripture, emphasizes unity. Listen to this. We, the church, are one wife with one husband. We are one flock with how many shepherds? One shepherd, Jesus Christ. We are one set of branches on one vine. We are one kingdom with one king. We are one family with one father. We are one building with one foundation. We are one body with one head, Jesus Christ. Christ. All of those within Scripture. The message of the body of Christ in our text and all throughout Scripture is the message of one. We are one in Christ. To emphasize unity even further, let me read you a few more passages just real quick. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 through 16. Remember that you were at the same time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So there's how you enter into the body. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh and dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Look at verse 18. For through him, we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. We are a new man, a new body, the body of Christ, this, this brand new thing. It's never existed before, and Christ has abolished all barriers to make us one. He abolished the barrier of nationality, the barriers of race, class, gender. Every single barrier has been abolished to make one new man, and it's in Christ. And that's a glorious thing. We are one. You can continue reading Ephesians 4, 4. Look at what it says there. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One. One. 
1, 1. 1 Corinthians, go back, to your, uh, go back to our text, and you can see in 1 Corinthians 1, as we're emphasizing, we're looking at unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. There's this division in the church in Corinth. I appeal to you, brothers, Paul writes, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, here's why Paul writes that. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Paulos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. And then he says this, is Christ divided? Is Christ divided? So you had these people within the church of Corinth going around and they're saying, oh, Apollos, no way, no. I'm a Paul man. That's who I follow. What, you follow Paul? I follow Cephas. That's that's who I follow. You follow follow him? Well, I, I, I follow this guy. And so it's caused this division and this quarreling. And then in verse 13, he says, is Christ divided in other words he's saying what are you fracturing up the body for you're not a follower of this man or that man christ is not divided now if you look at chapter 3 verses 21 through 23 of that same book first corinthians 3 look at what he says there so let no one now remember what we just read so let no one boast in men for all things are yours whether paul or apollos or cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future all are yours and you all of all of them and you are christ's and christ is god's in other words will you just get off of this division and get back to oneness Unity. He said he he puts everything in there. He puts the people. He then he adds to things to come, death, life. It's all yours. You're one. You are one with Christ, and Christ is with God. So Paul emphasizes unity, oneness. Another one. Jesus wanted this as well. John chapter seventeen. This is his priestly prayer. If you think about this for just a moment, church, of all the things that Jesus could have prayed for, right? Of all that he could pray for. Look at what he prays for here. John 17, 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So so this is you and me, right? This is you and me. Look that they may all be one. And here's the condition of our oneness. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's the result of our oneness. 
the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one. Here it is again. So that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as I have loved them. Jesus, of all the things he could pray for, one of the things he prayed for was our oneness, our unity. And you know what will convince the world who Jesus is? You know when we're really going to shatter the complacency of this world? It's when we're one, when we're unified. If this church ever became one in terms of body life, unified together, the world would never be able to cope with what would happen here. Because it would release the unity of the Spirit and all the energy that's wrapped up in that. What a day that would be. We're so unified in this. Now the second thing about the body, just real quickly, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first aspect of the body is unity. The second word is diversity. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 12. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Many. So the body's one, and yet there are arms and fingers and all various parts, eyes and ears, and all of the various members of the body, each of us unique, functioning, operating distinctly, but yet as one. You're different than me. Most of you were like, thank goodness. And I'm different than you. Verse 14 says the body is many members. We're all different. Paul says we have different gifts. We have different functions. We all are gifted differently. If you look around just the pews sitting around you, people sitting around you, there's male, female. There's different socioeconomic, different educations, different jobs. All kinds of different people sitting around you. But you're also, when you receive Christ as Lord, the the Scriptures tell us that you are given gifts of the Spirit or a gift of the Spirit. So you're also gifted distinctly differently. You're different. You have different gifts and abilities. And we need to learn to appreciate our differences rather than resent our differences. And if we work in love, we can and will get more done because we're different. And when you've got people who are radically different and gifted spiritually in different ways, the church accomplishes more because they're unified. I mean, if you think about it, this is what Paul is saying here. If all the body were an eye, we'd see well, but we would look really funny. We're not all the eye. We're not all the hand. We're not all the foot. We're not all the fingers. We're all different. The body would be severely limited if it only had one part. When everyone participates using their gifts and abilities, the body functions properly as God intended it. We've been created, we've been given different spiritual gifts, spirit-given gifts. And when you become a Christian, God, through His Spirit, gives you spiritual gifts 
And they are diverse, but the same Spirit in the body needs this. We all complement each other. We all can't be everything in the body. We see in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 12, you can read through those, and, and then you can see in verses 28 through 30 and Romans 12 that there are diversity of gifts. But I want you to notice, and, and I highlighted it when, we were read it when we read it, but I want you to notice that this is, this is an important aspect of it. This is important for us to see. Verse 11, notice what God does, the Spirit of God does. Verse 11 of chapter 12, all these, so these gifts, are empowered by one and the same Spirit. And look, who, so the Spirit of God, apportions to each one individually as He wills. Verse 18, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. And then you see in verse 25, God has composed the body that there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Now this is important. The reason I want to point this out is because we've, we've grown up in a society of competitiveness. We compete, we compete, we compete. And then we wonder... Why there's times where we have a hard time getting along and cooperating together. It's because we've been born and bred in this society of competition. Brothers and sisters, we're not in competition here. We're together. We should be unified. We're in cooperation. We need to put to death the spirit of competition in the family of God. To put this passage simply and practically... All of us are needed in the body. All of us. You're important in the body. And God provides the office of elder and deacon for the church, but all of us are needed in the body. If you want to connect it with what Paul's saying here in the passage, with what we've talked about the last two weeks, he says here, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Elders can't say to deacons, I have no need of you. Deacons can't say to elders or the body that I have no need of you. The body can't say to deacons or elders that I have no need of you. No, we all need each other. Because we're the body of Christ. Your spiritual gifts are a God-given blessing. And you rob this body when you don't use them. Every part of my body needs to work together, and so does yours. It's total participation. And when you don't participate in the family, the body's robbed. If you're not using your spiritual gifts in this body, if you're not supporting this church, if you're not giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, you're robbing the body. You're cheating the body. Church, we've got to be healthy. And in order to do so, we need every single one of us. This is what Jesus prayed for. And I hope that we as a church can answer that prayer. That God, every day that this will be the case here in this church, and the world will know 
who Jesus is. I want to close by emphasizing we're unified. We've got to be unified. Although we're diverse, we're one body. We can come together, love one another, serve one another, use our spiritual gifts for the edification of the church to care for one another. And the world will know that who Jesus is. Is that the kind of church you long to be? I know I do. We have exciting days ahead of us. As I said earlier, the elders and the spiritual vision team have been working together to create a five-year spiritual vision plan. Justin Gotacek, one of our elders, is going to be coming and sharing a little bit about that and emphasizing um, some details about that spiritual vision plan. And as you hear from Justin, one of our elders, and as you watch a video here in just a moment, I want you to remember what Paul says. We're one body, all working together to accomplish what God has for us. And so Justin, go ahead and come on up and share with us, and then after the video, I'll close us. Good morning, church family. I'm excited this morning to announce the completion of our spiritual vision plan that will serve as a roadmap for our church family over the next five years as we continue to stay vibrant in our mission in knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. Vibrancy through this vision, the season of change in the life of our church is a key ingredient as we honor the past but look forward towards the very bright future that God has in store for First Baptist Church of Belton. The spiritual vision team has been proposing the 20 to 22 to 2027 spiritual vision plan was selected by the church elders. Nominations were provided by the church ministers and church majors committees. Over 20 of our church family members have served and represented our church well from all different ages, roles, and areas within our church family. Many of these members will be seated in a pew beside you today, highlighted in the video this morning, and documented in the plan that will be provided to you at the end of service. The overall goal in casting this five-year spiritual plan was to stay consistent with First Baptist Belton's mission while integrating the church core values with the mission to create spiritual environment which people to join, belong, and invest in. There are six, the, the six areas of the team focused on to provide a plan prepared and presented today are core values, beliefs, expectations, including Bible study, worship, leadership, outreach, stewardship, and hilltop relocation. God has truly blessed our church, and I'm excited about the blessing that he'll continue to bestow as we listen and seek his direction over the next five years. There are many changes ahead of us in the life of our church, but our hope and confidence should be found in Christ alone, seeking both his wisdom and guidance daily. Colossians 3.16 reminds us, let the word of the Christ dwell in richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We are forever thankful for our leadership and wisdom behind this vision as we continue to seek God's will. My prayer is that our church will dwell in him richly and will display thankfulness in his plans for our church while being a blessing to all. 
We will now present a short video to give you a glimpse of the documentation that will be provided at the end of service at the rear exits of our sanctuary this morning. Please take one copy per family, and I'm excited that we'll be conducting a family business meeting October the 17th to allow our church family to discuss and vote for our five-year spiritual vision plan. I hope that you will leave today both blessed and excited about the spiritual vision provided as we continue to seek love and direction as a church family. God bless you all. For over 165 years, God has been faithful to First Baptist Belton, and he has used this faith family to be his ambassadors in this community and around the world. Throughout the years, God has provided us with vision and direction that has guided our efforts in evangelism, ministry, and spiritual growth. The vision God has given our church has opened global partnerships, planted churches, and sent out people all around the world. We want to gladly submit as a church to what God has prepared and planned for us in the future. We are eager to share what God has in store for First Baptist Felton. Members of the Spiritual Vision team have met together over the months to pray and plan for the next five years. We want to continue to work together to fulfill our mission. To know Jesus intimately. Serve Jesus passionately and share Jesus globally. In doing so, in the next five years, First Baptist Belton will develop and clarify membership expectations that embrace the church's core beliefs and values, creating an environment in which people desire to join, belong, and engage in. Whenever we're unified in, in our beliefs and directions, it helps us to, to all be able to work together to support one another and to move in a common direction with a common goal. And so for us to be able to articulate what it is that we believe, what it is that we want to seek to accomplish as a church, I think that being able to identify that first helps us to uh, make sure that uh, we're moving in the right direction. Nurture and increase biblical literacy through an intentional discipleship process among the members of First Baptist Belton. I love to come to Bible study on Wednesday for a couple different reasons. First of all, it's personal growth for me. I love the fellowship in a Bible study like this. We get to meet people that we otherwise might not meet at all. I enjoy Life Group because it's just a place for us guys to come and just talk about our lives and our struggles and deal with them together and point each other to Scripture. I love Life Group because I'm able to build community with people. We're able to tell each other and we're able to keep each other accountable and encourage each other in the Lord. And so I think that's just incredible. Lead people to intimate experiences with Jesus through creative and engaging corporate worship, preaching, Bible study, and personal experiences of scripture reading, prayer, giving, and service. A lot of times people think that worship is just the singer on the stage or the person who's playing guitar or the person playing in the orchestra. I know there have been so many times when I've been sitting in a corporate worship and I've been moved myself by music. It's really important, I think, for us as a church to understand that worship is not just about music. It should be all of these aspects of a service such as prayer, um, reading our Bibles, you know, feeding ourselves with God's Word and the truth of His Word. In the next five years for our church, it would be very important 
that we really think about worship not just as a service on Sunday morning, which is also important, but I think it's really good if we can think past that and try to see worship as a part of our lives throughout the week. Train and equip members to be actively involved in gospel conversations with family members, neighbors, friends, and around the world. Strengthen and grow our missional identity both globally and locally through church planting, church revitalizations, and sending and going of members. Relocate to the property at Loop 121 and MLK, where First Baptist Belton will accomplish its mission in a new facility. Identify, develop, and equip members to assimilate into the church by using their spiritual gifts and raising up leaders. I think using my gifts at First Baptist has really helped us just connect to the church body. We have the opportunity to teach first and second grade, so we've got to know most of the children that have been raised in this church. And then two, just kind of working in the youth with life groups, same thing. You got to see these kids and see them develop and as they transition from high school into college or middle school into high school, just to see them grow and be part of the church family. And any opportunity we can have to have new leaders, that just helps us be stronger because we take your gifts and your talents and help it add to the body. Teach and train stewardship among members in areas of time, talent, and treasure in order to impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stewardship has really been an important part in our growth, not just as um, a couple, but you know, as members of as members of the body of Christ. I feel like uh, we've been able to grow, and it's been rewarding to see what being a steward, not just financially, but also with our time, has been as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, seeing people stewarding, whether it be their time um, or their money or their talents. All of that can be used toward the ministry um, and building up the body. When you see everybody a part of that team, it just makes you want to engage even more as a community. And people see that. People see that these people are committed to this cause. But we have to be consistent in giving, whether it's our finances. We have to be consistent in giving of our time. And the Lord's going to use our consistency to help those who need it. And Um, further his kingdom. I think that's at the heart of what stewardship is, is that this is part of towards the continued advancement of the gospel. But guess what? You get to be a part of that. Join with us as we continue to take steps forward together in our mission to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, share Jesus globally. Church, there's exciting days ahead of us. I want to encourage you, as Justin, uh, one of our elders said, I want to encourage you as you leave this morning, um, Spiritual Vision team members are in the foyer and grab a copy of One Per Family, a copy of the Spiritual Vision. Um, It goes into a lot of detail of what you just heard in the video. And um, I encourage you to read it and the work that the Spiritual Vision team has done and um, exciting days ahead of us as we work together as the body of Christ, um, to know, serve, and share Jesus together. Let's be unified as a body. Let's pray together. Jesus, we, we thank you for our time this morning. We thank you for these words. Thank you for teaching us about the body and what a glorious truth it is. 
We thank you for Jesus who is our head and we know without him this is all in vain. And so God, teach us to operate. Teach us to function in a way that brings you glory and honor. Help each of us to use the spiritual gifts that you've given us to minister and to serve others in this church that we'd be so unified and love one another so well that the world will know that Jesus is real and that the gospel of Jesus Christ transforms. Lord, help us as a body to function together, to serve together in the days ahead. And it's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and sing our song of invitation. I'm here at the front. If you need to speak with me or um, seek um, the Lord, I'll be glad to share that, share him with you. And our pastors will be glad to talk with you about that as well. Or the altar's open for us to pray as a, as a church or you to pray right there um, as the Spirit leads you this morning. Let's sing together. If you would like more information, please visit fbbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street. We hope to see you soon.